there's a special message that I want to share tonight, uh, a special message that is found in two passages of Holy Scripture. The first is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, and then Psalms, that iconic scripture in the Bible, perhaps the most famous chapter in the Bible, Psalms 23 and verse number 4. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, we are reading from the New King James Version, and I want to interact with those of you at home. Get your notebooks out, get your pencils, get your pad out, take notes, write notes, get your Bibles. If you uh, digitally read your Bible, get it in your hands, iPad out. Amen. The good news for those of you at home is that you can just do it as you are in your pajamas. You can do it on your bedside, at your kitchen table, uh, in your backyard. It doesn't matter. So it gives us a great opportunity to send the word where you are. Note these two scriptures. First scripture is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, the New King James Version. And Paul writes this word, for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. <laughs> verse 4 of Psalms 23. It, David writes this, New King James Version. He writes, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And here's the key. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen. What a power forward. And so for the next few moments, I am going to share with you from the subject, overcoming the spirit of fear. Overcoming the spirit of fear. Let me preface this message by saying that in no way do I want to minimize the seriousness of what we are seeing today. This is unlike anything we have ever seen before. Amen. This is a pandemic that has hit the world. And so by talking about how we as people of faith overcome fear, it is in no way saying that we should not take this serious. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, shake hands, hug, do what you normally do, and just plead the blood of Jesus. That's not common sense. Let me tell you, I know you have faith, and we do plead the blood of Jesus, but when experts say to you, do not do certain things, it is, it is imperative that we listen. Faith does not exclude common sense. It does not exclude wisdom. Wisdom and faith makes you more powerful. So when we are talking about overcoming the spirit of fear, we are talking from a spiritual standpoint trying to help us deal with a natural pandemic. I first preached this sermon in 2004. In fact, in 2004, I was led by the Lord to preach a series 
that was entitled at that time, A World of Possibilities. As a result of that series in 2004, I was led with the urging of one of our wonderful staff members who's here tonight, Janice Coyne and others, Cole Holland and others who said to me, we ought to turn this into a book, Pastor Jackson. And I was reluctant at first because I never did want to be one of those kind of preachers that take more time selling books than preaching. But they said, we can help you with that. And so they took those messages that I preached that year and they helped me to publish a book that was published two years later in 2006. That book was entitled A World of Possibilities. One of the sections in that book deals with what we call the enemies of our possibilities. Those enemies that comes to steal our possibilities. It comes to try to buffer. That comes to try to block the possibilities that God has for us. One of those enemies of our possibilities was fear. That chapter, that message in that section, in that book, was simply called No More Fear, which it identified fear as an enemy. Make no mistake about it. To those of you that are viewing, to those of you, whatever you're doing right now, make no mistake about it. Fear is an enemy of your faith. It is. It comes to take away your faith. It works against your faith. Fear is defined simply in Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary as an unpleasant, often strong emotion cause. And here's the key. Here's the key, particularly uh, to my young people sometimes, and we all sometimes find ourselves overly anxious and concerned. But but the greatest driver of fear is this. It is a strong emotion driven or caused by the anticipation of danger. Oftentimes, the danger isn't even there yet. It is us anticipating, us thinking something bad is going to happen to me. And even if you're going through a difficult situation, fear tells you you aren't coming out of this. Fear tells you, this is going to take you out. Fear says to you, you're going to be a casualty. You're going to get the coronavirus and you won't make it. And trust me, we all deal with that. Gwen, we all deal with that. I must confess, I was at the state house today and been around a whole lot of people. And they were saying even a lobbyist at the state house had contracted uh, the, uh, the virus. And my head was hurting a little bit. I found myself going upstairs to the nurse's station and says, take my temperature. <laughs> and so she did. And she says, you're all right. And I, I smiled, I brushed it off. I said, oh, I knew I was all right. I just wanted to confirm. And so we all are human. I don't want you to feel bad sitting at home. I'm not one of these preachers that, that, that's going to make you feel like something is wrong with me if I'm concerned about what's going on. We all are. None of us are hugging and kissing and, and, and now we all are elbow bumping. I went to visit my mother last night. It was hard for me not to kiss my mother. I've been kissing my mama all my life. 
And we go see her. And my sister said, now, Dara, don't get too close. Just wave by at mother. And I had to do it because common sense, amen? My mama is 85, would be 86, and I want her to live to be 106, amen? And so I just didn't want to get too close. But, but at the same time, faith says God is able. Fear sometimes leads us, and here's what it does, and we talked about this in this book. History has shown this, that fear is one of the most debilitating emotions that we will ever experience. It has been said, and I agree, that fear paralyzes the human spirit. There are people now that are stuck in the bed with the covers over their heads, why? Because they've been paralyzed by fear. They see things that would never exist. They create enemies that God says, I've already defeated. That is why the Bible warns us so strongly against this deadly enemy of our possibilities called fear. Listen, the phrase fear not. You all have heard me say this. Those of you that are viewing and you've been at Bible Way, you've heard this. The words fear not, two words, or the words be not afraid, three words. These words are found some 365 times in the Bible. <laughs> Elder Robert Wilson, there's a reason for that. They are found some 365 times in the Bible. How many days are they in the year? I answer myself, 365 days. So there is a phrase in the Bible dealing with fear not or be not afraid for every day of the year. In other words, every morning you wake up, God has provided you a separate verse that says you ought not be afraid. Listen, many people have missed their blessings simply because they were paralyzed by their own fear. And they were too afraid to go and claim what God had promised them. The text in, in, in Timothy says God has not given us the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. In other words, uh, fear paralyzes us and fear, according to Timothy, in this situation is a spirit. And I know naturally it's an emotion, but Timothy was told by Paul that fear is a spirit. And, and Paul says to Timothy that God has not given you that spirit. In other words, God doesn't give you anything to work against your possibilities. Everything God gives you helps you become better, helps you become stronger. God doesn't give you anything that makes you weaker, that makes you more vulnerable. And so God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, perhaps when you look in the Bible, there are so many wonderful examples of those who walk by faith and not by fear. There are those who live their lives by faith and not by fear. But perhaps 
The greatest example of all was a young man that we find in 1 Samuel, particularly his story dealing with what could have been a fearful situation, chapter 17. And his name was David. David, a young man, young man who his own father and, and, and others did not think that David would be much of anything. David, someone that when Samuel came to the house of Jesse, Jesse was David's father, and God told Samuel that I am going to send you to Jesse's house for you to anoint the next king of Israel. Samuel went into the house and asked Jesse, God says the next king is going to come from your house. May I see your sons? Jesse lined up his sons, but he did not put David in the lineup. David was excluded. David was left out. David was somewhere tending to the sheep. David had a brother named Eliab. He was the oldest. He was the one that even Jesse thought, man, this is the guy. He, he, he looks like a king. He is tall. He is handsome. He has broad shoulders. But what I found out that everybody that looks the part can't do the part. Ooh, and, and, and some of you out there in virtual land, you can say amen. Because there are a whole lot of people that have been around you that looks the part, can't do the part. And Samuel soon found that out, which takes us to the theme scripture for this year uh, that we've chosen. God does not see as man sees. Man judges the outside, but God judges the heart. Here's what God knew. God knew that David had something that Eliab didn't have. God knew that David had something that none of these other guys did not have. David was fearless. David was a man, even a young man of faith. So here's the story. Second Kings, uh, I'm sorry, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says this, the New Living Translation says this, uh, in, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 16, the New Living Translation, it tells us for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion, that giant of a Philistine, uh, confronted the Israelite army. 40 days. 40 days they had an opportunity to confront Goliath. But where was Eliab? I'll tell you where he was. Hiding. With those broad shoulders. <laughs> with the, that tall frame. Good looking. Eliab hid from Goliath. And for 40 days, Goliath insulted the God of Israel. Blasphemed against the God of Israel. And even King Saul did not have the fortitude to stand up to Goliath. But one day, the next verse tells us in verse 17, Jesse said to David, take this basket, and I'll paraphrase it, to your brothers on the front line. I need you to take food 
that was his job. Here's the thing, too. Can I say, and I want to say to everybody that God has anointed you to be a leader, wait on your opportunity. Particularly all of my young people that are sitting next to me, I so love and appreciate you guys. But sometimes we can be over anxious. Wait, because when God anoints you, God will make a way for you to shine. David's job was to take for you or to be the handyman for your brothers. Take this food to your brothers and feed them on the front line. Now, keep this in mind. He had already been anointed. But yet, he did not rush what God was going to do in his life. And so David took the food to the front line and there he encountered Goliath. Verse 24 says this, as soon as the Israelite army saw Goliath coming, they began to run away in fright. They were fearful, but not David. They said to each other and they said to David, have you seen the giant hiding from Goliath? But David had something that they did not have. Look at what David said in verse 32 of the text, New Living Translation. First of all, David says, I'll fight him. I'll I'll do what nobody else has done for 40 days. Then he says in, in, in verse 32, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. See, when you don't, when you walk in faith and not in fear, no giant scares you. No giant of a problem or a situation scares you. You have common sense. You take precautionary matters, but you know the God you serve will give you the strength to overcome this. Listen, David went on in verse 37, and I'm going through this chapter quickly, and I want you to study it when I'm done. The Lord, then David, so saw a question, David, how can you fight a giant? Who are you? you you're just a young man. Uh, what makes you think you can defeat a giant? David said, Verse 37, said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. In other words, God allowed me to defeat a bear and a lion. Now you know why David had to tend to the sheep. Because the only way you can get the experience of fighting against predators like bears and lions is to do what God told you to do. If he was home like Eliab being cute and taking care of himself and waiting on somebody to give him something, he never would have had the experience. But God says, I allow the bear and the lion to come just to give you the strength to overcome this. Saul gave David, and here's the other thing that I want to share. Saul then gave David, verse 38, his own armor and bronze. Verse 39, David put it on, strapped the sword over him, and took a step or two to see what it felt like, what it looked like. But he had, here's the key, listen to this, he had never worn such things before. In other words, I've never had weaponry like this before. And then he says, I can't go in these he protests to Saul, I am not used to them. So David took off another man's armor. Whew. 
I need to tell you something. If you're going to fight the fight of faith, you can't fight it with another person's armor. You've got to have your own armor. You have to have your own faith. You have to believe that the God who delivered me with what God delivered me then, God can do it now. If the slingshot and the rocks worked before, it'll work again. You've got to use what you're familiar with. If prayer worked 10 years ago, prayer is going to work in 2020 with the coronavirus. If prayer worked after 9-11, prayer can work today. Amen, somebody. Prayer still works. I want you to hear me wherever you are. You can't live in fear. You've got to use what God has given you that. And here's the key. Here's a powerful verse. I think it's found in verse number 40, 48 or so. And it says, and Goliath, verse 48 of chapter 17, as Goliath moved closer uh, to attack David quickly, here's the key. He did not run away. He ran to it. In other words, faith doesn't run from a problem. Faith runs to a problem. Uh, everybody else, Eliab said, ran away. Uh, but David ran to Goliath. Goliath wasn't used to that. He was used to blowing his smoke and, and doing his big talk and then people running away, reaching into his shepherd's bag. Scripture says, and taking out a stone, he hurled it with one sling, hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone struck in Goliath, and Goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling, and a stone. And this is the verse that I've loved for years. For he had no sword. You don't need to fight like other people fight when you have faith. Amen. For he had no sword. And look at this. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword. David used Goliath's sword to kill him and to cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. Somebody say, but God. <laughs> Somebody say, but God. And so here's what faith does. And I want to and, and close with this. Faith allowed David to do something that fear would not allow him to do. When you have fear, you can't do what faith allowed you to do. First thing faith did is that David recognized and identified the enemy and said the enemy was fear. And David said that I am not going to be afraid like anybody else. Second thing David did that his faith allowed him to do that fear would never allow you to do is that David's faith allowed him to confront it. Tell somebody you've got to confront it. <laughs> if you don't confront it, you can't defeat it. Only way you can defeat it is confront it. Amen. And so David's faith allowed him to confront it. And the third and the final thing we've got to do is you've got to rely 
on the word of God and on God. David said, you come with your sword and your weaponry, but I come in the name of the Lord, my God. When you're afraid, use God's word. When you don't know if you can make it or not, use God's word. Because let me tell you something. We all are living during these trying times. And the enemy of our possibility is fear. God says the only way we can defeat fear is to confront it. And after we confront it, we've got to lay the word of God on it. You've got to speak it. Lord, I'm more than a conqueror. Lord, everything is going to be all right. And Lord, even if we go through these hard times, I believe that you can restore the years <laughs> that the locusts and the caterpillar and the canker worms did eat, overcoming the spirit of fear. We do it by relying on God's word. We do it by confronting the fear that we have. We do it by knowing that God will give us what we need. You've got to identify it. Let me put these three things up again, and I want you to put it on the board. Identify it. Number two, confront it. And number three, rely on God's word. Put it up again. Number one, identify it. Amen. Putting your head under the cover is not identifying it. But you've got to call a giant a giant. You've got to call a demon a demon. And if you're struggling with demons in your house, and you're struggling with the spirit of fear, You've got to say, Lord, I know what I'm struggling with. And then you've got to confront it. And you confront it by relying on God's word. And when you do that, <laughs> everything is going to be all right. As the praise team comes and we prepare an opportunity, amen, for you to, to take this moment to those of you that are joining us virtually, amen. Maybe you can't stand right now, but I need your mind to shift to the staff and others that are here as we stand, amen. Richard Smallwood puts this in such a way. He says, you are my refuge. <laughs> Lord, I'll trust you. Mm, you are my fortress. In you, I'll trust. I won't dread the terror by night, for angels are all around me. And here's the key. So I will not fear. <laughs> There's a chance. There is a chance that many of our lives will be touched by this virus. There's a chance that you may even know someone close to you that will struggle with this. But what will separate us from those who have no faith is the fact that we trust God. Amen. We trust God because God is our refuge. Come on, young adult priest team, tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and I want to pray. On your job, wherever you are, take this moment to connect with what God has for us. Join these young people right now, man. Lord, you are my refuge in you. You are my fortress. Take it up, praise team. When I call you, come on. Yeah. When I call you, you will answer. You'll answer. I'm here to tell you that God will deliver. Lift your voice wherever you are and tell the Lord. We want you to call this number if you need prayer. 
If you are wrestling with the spirit of fear, I'm here to tell you that you can confront it, you can defeat it, and you will do it by the word of God. Amen. You've got to identify that I'm struggling with this. First thing I said we had to do is to identify that it is a problem. Lord, you've got to help me with this. Then you confront it and rely on God's word to defeat it. Call us at 888, toll free no matter where you are, 776-1238. Someone is there to pray with you. I think there are ministers on the prayer line now. Amen. If you call, somebody will answer that call. Someone will be there to pray with you. We know that these are very stressful times. And so many people cannot get out. But here's the good news. We can get to you. Amen. 25, 30, 40 years ago, we would not have had this capabilities to get to you in your house. <laughs> Amen. We would have had to shut down the church and the word. You have had to listen to a broadcast on the radio. or Someone would have had to drive to a studio. Now churches all over America can broadcast their services live as we're doing now. And so you don't have to go without prayer. And here's the key. If you want to give your life to the Lord, call that number, 888-776-1238. Somebody will pray the prayer of salvation. If you want to be baptized one day, we will go through the procedures that are necessary for that. You don't have to be a member of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Our job during these times is not to try to proselyte members from other churches. So if you are viewing us, you are a member of another church, amen. We'll pray with you, amen. We will touch and agree that God can answer your prayer. And when your church reconvenes, no matter when it does, you'll be stronger, you'll be better, because you would not have missed the word in your life. Amen. Close those eyes wherever you are now. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this night. Thank you for giving us this wonderful privilege of reaching so many people on this Tuesday night. God, coronavirus may have thought that they shut the church down, but they did not. They just gave us an opportunity to reach more people, amen. And through the marvelous intervention of technology, we're able to cross state lines, we're able to cross oceans, reach people all over the world. And so, Lord, wherever someone is right now, wherever they are right now, Lord, touch them. God, we ask, we agree, we touch and agree that they will overcome the spirit of fear. They will be endued, indoctrinated. They will be empowered with love, power, and a sound mind. Give them that, Lord. So when the Goliath come up to them, when Goliath says your family is falling apart, they'll cut the giant's head off. 
when Goliath said you'll never recover from this they will slay the giant and they will stand in faith it is already done already done in Jesus name in Jesus name and everybody no matter where you are say amen hey, come on praise team tell it uh, as we he'll answer in time Let me say as we prepare to end this service, I want to say if you've been touched by this word, let us know. Email us, text us. We will put all that information out on the screen. Just drop us a note and says uh, the word, the service encouraged us. We have our information there. Our goal is not to ever proselyte, but to feed you. And so that encourages us because these would be trying times for preachers and others that are used to preaching to people. And now we are preaching uh, to those that are on the internet, those that are viewing live. But just drop us a note and let us know that the service and the word touch you. Then finally, I want to reiterate again, uh, if you would give. Giving make this possible to the Bible Way members wherever you are. You can give your tithe and offering online. To those of you that are not members of Bible Way, you've been touched by the word. You can give. No gift is too small. It helps us to continue to do this. Some months ago, God encouraged us to invest a large sum of money in upgrading our, our video equipment. We didn't know this was coming, but God knew. And God spoke to us. Sister Rose and Sal and others and say invest in making your equipment the best because we were looking forward to broadcasting to those and we have and so if this has touched you if it's a blessing to you then just drop a gift drop a gift whatever size it may be and God will bless you and then I want to remind you if you are a member of another congregation so your tithe and offerings there amen we, we're not asking you to take your tithe from your church to give to the bible way church of atlas road god will take care of us amen but make sure you sow your tithe at your home church and even let me say this because my heart goes out for smaller churches and even if they don't have an internet ministry call them find a way for you to drop it by the church amen because the work of the ministries still must go on. A lot of ministries may not be as blessed as we are here at Bible Way with the technology that we have. And I want you to be a blessing to them no matter where they are. And watch God bless you. Just because you are there doesn't mean that you still don't give God what belongs to God. Amen. Thank you again. Join us. We will be back Sunday at 8 o'clock, Sunday at 11 o'clock, and every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Amen. The enemy will not get any glory out of this. Amen. We're going to have a church, uh, even though folk won't be in church, 
you can join us by way of internet amen encourage somebody no matter where you are one more time praise team come on and give us for the benediction uh, yeah For those of you that are here, the staff members, the deacons are at the door or at the altar uh, with the buckets. You can sow your seed and they thank you so much. Here's what I predict. When all this is over, we're going to have some stronger prayer warriors. Amen. When all of this is over, amen. God's going to bless. There's a message I'm working on, Sister Gwen, even before this virus hit. And God gave me this and told me include it in the next series. And I'm going to wait until we gather back in full strength. And it's called Show Me Your Hand. The good thing that comes out of all of this, we all are going to have some clean hands after all of this. Amen. And, and God says we, so we, we can show our clean hands after all of this. Lift those hands to the Lord. To those of you that are joining us by way of internet, touch and agree. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And everybody that loves the Lord said amen. Thank you for joining us. Spread the word. Join us again Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We'd also like to thank you for your continued financial support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlanta.